0: Welcome to Unexplained Extra, with me, Richard McLean Smith, where for the weeks in between episodes, we look at stories and ideas that for one reason or other didn't make it into the previous show. In last week's episode, Visions in the Dark, we traced the incredible life story of Vangelia Gushtarova, also known as Baba Vanga, who some believe was the most effective psychic of the 20th century. Vanga died in 1996, but according to a number of her supporters, she is said to have left a string of predictions with instructions to reveal them at certain times after her death. So far, this list has included the prediction that in 2023, the Earth's orbit will change, and that, rather enigmatically, in 2084, nature will be reborn. And my personal favourite, that in 2130, with the help of alien civilizations will be able to live underwater. As word of Baba Vanga's apparent powers began to spread, she came to the attention of a number of mainstream scientific researchers who are said to have made efforts to study her. Sadly, however, no official documentation or other significant evidence for this seems to exist. Either way, although it might seem unlikely that an individual such as Baba Vanga and her supposed powers Would be given any credibility by mainstream science, there is a long and fascinating history of well respected academics, many of whom have made significant contributions in their field, putting such people to the test, with often startling results. Of all the supposed paranormal powers that some believe humans could possess, none have proved more fascinating to scientific researchers than clairvoyance. In 1913, French physiologist Charles Richet won a Nobel Prize for medicine for his work on immunology, specifically the way in which some people can often have lethal reactions when injected with an antigen. Richet coined the term anaphylaxis, still used today to describe this phenomenon. What is perhaps less known, however, is that Richet also spent a considerable part of his professional life studying the paranormal. In particular, the apparent clairvoyant skills of spiritualists and is even credited with coining the term ectoplasm. Richet conducted a number of studies which he believed confirmed the existence of human extrasensory powers. When others attempted to replicate his studies, however, they were unable to draw the same conclusion. Brichet is considered to be one of the first to attempt a formal mainstream science study of the apparent phenomenon of clairvoyance, but by the mid-20th century, such endeavours had become commonplace. In the late 1920s, botanist Joseph banks Ryan brought the study of alleged psychic phenomena even further into the mainstream when he established a parapsychology lab at Duke University in North Carolina in the United States, one of the most prestigious academic institutions in the world. Among Rhine's most famous subjects was Eileen Garrett, considered by some to be one of the most powerful clairvoyants to have ever lived. Garrett's reputation was cemented largely due to a series of experiments conducted by Rhine, in which she was tasked with trying to guess the images printed on cards hidden in envelopes Ryan claimed that Garrett was able to successfully guess the images at a rate far higher than chance, suggesting she did indeed have some kind of supernatural power. Much like with Charles Richet's experiments, however, subsequent efforts to replicate Garrett's seemingly positive results proved unsuccessful, with many later questioning the validity of Ryan's methods. Of all the scientists who have attempted to confirm the existence of psychical powers, however, none are perhaps more famous than Harold Puthoff and Russell Targ. Back in 1972, Harold Puthoff, an electrical engineer and specialist in lasers, was looking to secure a grant to conduct a study in quantum biology a fledgling concept at the time that examines the way in which quantum mechanics might affect biological processes. About the same time, he was introduced to a man named Ingo Swan, an artist based in New York who also claimed to have psychic abilities. Swan suggested to put off that he should turn his attention instead to trying to understand at the quantum level where the border lies between an inanimate object and an animate one. By way of explanation, Swan told Putoff about some experiments he'd recently conducted with Professor Gertrude Schmeidler at City College in New York, which he claimed provided proof that he had psychokinetic powers. Intrigued by Swan, Puthoff invited him to put these apparent powers to the test at the Stanford Research Institute where he worked in Menlo Park, just outside of San Francisco in California. On Swan's first day at the Institute, Putoff claimed that he successfully described the structure of a magnetometer, a device used to measure electromagnetic fields, that Putoff had been planning to show him. Putoff was so blown away by this seemingly spontaneous act of clairvoyance that he wrote it up in a report for his colleagues which came complete with a detailed schematic drawing that Swann, who claimed no knowledge of such devices, had drawn on that first day. A few weeks later, two men showed up unannounced at Putov's lab, carrying a copy of his report on Swan. The men had come from the CIA. As they explained to a stunned Putoff, they'd received word that the government of the Soviet Union was funding studies in parapsychology with a view to potentially harnessing paranormal powers for use against their enemies. The men were intrigued to know more about Putoff's report and asked if the engineer would be interested in conducting some more experiments with Swan under their supervision with the aim of starting their own parapsychology program. A few weeks later, the two operatives were sat in Putoff's lab Holding a box chosen at random from a selection of identical boxes, each containing a different, unrelated object. It was Ingo Swan's job to try and guess what was inside it. I see something small, brown, and irregular, said Swan, who was sat alone inside an adjacent room. Sort of like a leaf or something, except it seems very much alive. It's even moving. The men from the CIA opened the lid of their box, astonished to find flapping about inside a small brown moth that was almost indistinguishable from a leaf. We all deal with Sunday scaries, right? Sunday Scaries are those, oh no, stressful, nervous, can't sleep, dreadful feelings that hit you on a Sunday evening when you think about the impending doom of work tomorrow, or school, or frankly just life. Unfortunately, you can feel that same pit in your stomach any day of the week. Sunday Scaries CBD gummies were made to defeat the crap life throws at us. These are the perfect CBD gummies for professionals on the grind, super mums and dads, students, party animals, regretful drunk texters, and everyone in between. 2022 is all about self-love and taking better care of yourself. So whether you need to take the edge off, calm your racing mind, sleep better, or just chill, Sunday Scaries CBD gummies are the answer. Look, we all have the right to live scare-free. So let me help with my 25% discount. Visit sundayscaries.com and use my promo code UNEXPLAINED for your discount. That's promo code UNEXPLAINED for 25% off at sundayscaries.com. After the success of his initial experiments, Harold Putoff secured funding from the CIA to complete an eight-month pilot study to determine firstly if clairvoyance was genuinely possible and secondly if it was could it be used against the United States as a tool for espionage? Putoff drafted in Russell Targ to assist him, a physicist who'd worked with him previously, helping to develop lasers. In the first few weeks, Putoff and Targ continued to test Ingo Swan along the same lines as before, studying whether he was able to guess symbols and objects hidden from his view, when he apparently proved able to do this regularly they decided to expand the experiment. In what became known as the Outbounder Experiments, Puthoff would travel to one of six random locations within the San Francisco Bay Area, while back in the laboratory, Russell Targ would sit with Swan as he attempted to guess where Putoff had gone. Incredibly, according to Putoff and Targ, more often than not, he did it successfully. Although Swan would rarely guess the target location exactly, he provided enough elements to define it, such as the sense of water or a particular geometric shape, which, taken together, Put-Off and Targ argued, could reasonably be said to be a correct reflection of it. Since such a process had never been tried before, the three men had to coin a term for what it was they were doing, and eventually alighted on the phrase remote viewing. As well as Ingo Swann, former police officer Pat Price was examined during this period too and also found to have the capacity for remote viewing. At some point during the study, Russell Targ invited his friend Heller Hamid to take part. Hamid, who'd immigrated to the US from Germany in the 1930s, was a successful photographer at the time with little interest in psychical studies. Hamid's job was to be the control subject to help get a sense of how much Swan or Price's apparent visions of the target deviated from the random guesses of a layperson. What they hadn't bargained for was Hamid apparently becoming the most effective remote viewer of them all. For her first trial, Hamid was asked to enter a shielded room then close her eyes and just say whatever came into her mind. As she sat, taking long, calm breaths, she claimed to see a series of squares within squares that got smaller and smaller, tapering off like a long path, disappearing into a central vanishing point. At the time, Harold Putoff was standing at the entrance to a long pedestrian crossing, with a chain-link frame along the entirety of it, that stretched out ahead of him and disappeared into a central vanishing point. In the first nine trials conducted with Hamid, she was judged to have seen the location in her mind without question in five of them, while the other four were judged to be only marginally less accurate. In 1977, Hamid and Ingo Swan were invited to take part in another experiment with Stephen Schwartz a scientific researcher who was also fascinated by the possibilities of remote viewing. In collaboration with Putoff and Targ and the Institute for Marine and Coastal Studies at the University of Southern California, Hamid and Swan were asked to locate an as yet undiscovered shipwreck that was thought to be located somewhere off the coast of California, near Catalina Island. After separately being given an ocean map of the general area, both Hamid and Swan are said to have pinpointed a similar location within 100 yards of each other. Both also provided details about what would be found there, including chains, pulleys, and the location of the ship's wheel. And most oddly of all, a large rectangular block of stone. In June, 1977, In what became known as Project Deep Quest, Hamid and Swan were taken down in a submarine named Taurus-1, where they guided its pilot to the precise location of the wreck. Sure enough, they also found the pulleys, chains and ship's wheel sticking out of the seabed, just as Hamid and Swan had predicted. And among it all, just like Hamid had also said, was the incongruous sight of a large, rectangular block of granite. A declassified CIA report released in 1995 stated that, there can be no question that Heller-Hamid can repeatedly, although not reliably, produce information not available through normal means. In 1978, having been sufficiently impressed by Harold Puttoff and Russell Targ's experiments at the Stanford Research Institute, The pair were invited by the CIA to lead a secret Defense Intelligence Agency program to determine the potential usage of psychic phenomena in real-world military engagements. The program was called The Stargate Project, and you can hear much more about it in the next season of Unexplained. For now, there are three more episodes of Season 6 still to come, along with their extras for you to enjoy. So as ever, Thank you for listening, and until next time. If you enjoy Unexplained and would like to help supporters, you can now do so via Patreon. To receive access to ad-free episodes, just go to patreon.com forward slash unexplained pod to sign up. Unexplained, the book and audiobook, featuring 10 stories that have never before been covered on the show, is now available to buy worldwide. You can purchase through Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and Waterstones, among other bookstores. All elements of Unexplained, including the show's music, are produced by me, Richard McLean-Smith. Please subscribe and rate the show wherever you listen to podcasts, and feel free to get in touch with any thoughts or ideas regarding the stories you've heard on the show. Perhaps you have an explanation of your own you'd like to share. You can reach us online at unexplainedpodcast.com or Twitter at UnexplainedPod and Facebook at facebook.com forward slash unexplainedpodcast.